we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. At the moment of perception, there is no pleasure. There is only perception. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Urgency of Change. Season 3 of the Krishnamurti podcast continues with the format of carefully chosen extracts from the philosopher's talks. Each weekly episode focuses on a theme explored by Krishnamurti and the aim is to represent his different approaches to these universal topics. This week's theme is pleasure. Upcoming themes are values, the mind, and order. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit our official YouTube channels for hundreds of advert-free video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's talks and clips. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on pleasure has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's fourth talk in Sanan, 1973, titled, Is Pleasure the Meaning of Life? Can you look at your culture, of which you are a part, the culture that says the meaning of life is this, work endlessly, in the office, in the factory, and bear the responsibility of a family, and your culture says, this culture in Western culture or Eastern culture, it doesn't matter, all cultures are more or less the same, says that you will live in heaven if you are good on earth. And that's the meaning of life, going to heaven. And also your culture says, why bother what the meaning of life is? Just live. Put up with the ugliness, the beastly existence, the sorrow, the pain, the anxiety, the pleasures, the fears, the utter boredom, the loneliness, put up with it. That's part of your life. You can't go beyond it. Therefore, enjoy. Therefore, make pleasure as the main thing of your life. Right? And that's what you're doing. So we are asking, is pleasure the full meaning of life? And that's what you, you are want. That's what you are seeking. A permanent, enduring, continuous pleasure. Right? 
not only sexually but also in your relationship with others the pleasure which you derive in work in fulfillment in becoming ambitious achievement success in possession either of ideas or of things right so the principle of pleasure is for most people the meaning of life right don't please let's be terribly honest we can so easily deceive ourselves and in the pursuit of pleasure fulfillment becomes extremely important sexually fulfillment of your desires fulfillment to be somebody important famous successful all that now is pleasure the full deep meaning to of life which is what you want right is that the meaning of life if you accept that as you do that is the meaning of life the fulfillment the self aggrandizement the sexual pleasures the pleasure of competition success wanting to be known as the self importance self centered activity all that gives pleasure if that is the meaning of life then life becomes terribly superficial doesn't it and that's what we have done follow this that's what we have done actually we have made life in the pursuit of pleasure very superficial i'm you noticed it huh you may be very clever you may be great artist pianist or a whatever you are technical expert a good or swindling politician whatever it is but it's all on the surface so knowing that it is superficial life then you ask is there not a deeper meaning if after having made life superficial in the pursuit of pleasure then we as a reaction to that we say life must have a much deeper meaning so we begin to investigate the deeper meaning which is joining sects follow all this joining groups 
investigating into occultism, into telepathy, extrasensory perception, you know, all the things, give, hoping to give life a deeper meaning. Right? Look at yourself in your mirror. And when you are doing that, naturally, gurus spring up like mushrooms. And that indicates degeneracy. Then you become, if you are a Catholic, you drop that job, become a Hindu. If you are a Hindu, you drop that, become something else, and play this game endlessly, thinking you are digging very, very deeply. But your intention is the pursuit of pleasure. So, is pleasure in different forms, you understand, not one form, the, the whole content of pleasure, which expresses itself in different ways, the, 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 the quality of it. Is that the meaning of life? If it is, then you depend on others, right? Sexually, you are attached to others. You cannot possibly stand alone. Intellectually, you must be stimulated. Entertain. You must have companionship. You are afraid of your loneliness. So, property, things become extraordinarily important. your houses, your furniture, the property, land. And if you have no land, property, things, then you have things of the mind. I hope you are following all this. Your beliefs, your ideals, your experiences, the visions that you have. So where there is the... where pleasure is the principle, is the full meaning of life, then you must depend on things and therefore from that comes fear. I don't know if you're following this. If I depend on you for my pleasure, physically, psychologically, intellectually, or so-called spiritually, in that dependence, there is anxiety, there is fear, there is incessant sense of insecurity. I, right? Do look at it, for God's sake, look at it.
and that is your life. Fear the sense of loneliness because you depend on others, which you have covered it up through dependence, and when that dependence is shaken you become anxious, jealous, furious, hated, hateful, antagonistic, violent. Those are all the issues of the pursuit of pleasure. That is your culture. Of which, of which you are, and you are the world, and the world is you. So, is that the meaning of life? The life that you are leading? Then, if it is not, or if it is, what are we going to do? You can't discard pleasure. You can't say, like the monks do of former days, I won't have pleasure. And in that place of having pleasure, I'll put the image which I have created by my mind in its place. Whether it is Jesus or Krishna or Buddha, you follow? Oh, wake up, for God's sake, wake up! I was once walking behind a group of priests and monks, high up in the mountains. It was the most beautiful country the lakes, the water and the trees, in the springtime. The birds were full of enchantment. The sky was clear, bright blue. Everything was singing. The waters were playing, dreaming, rushing over rocks, And these monks and priests, about a dozen of them, never looked at the sky, never looked at the beauty of the land. They were so immersed in the image of their own salvation. of their own ideas, of their own meditation, they never looked. And it was their pleasure. And because they were monks, they had given up the world, sacrificed, they respected people. But essentially they were pursuing pleasure. And remove their image, take away from them their ideas, their sense of what enlightenment is, they are lost, they are frightened, therefore they cling, as we do. So, is pleasure, can pleasure be discarded and say, I won't have pleasure, as the monks do? And because they have said it, and because they want it, they are breaking all that up, getting remarried, and you know, all the games they are playing. But holding on to their own particular idea of salvation, saviors, and all that.
So, pleasure cannot be denied. When you look at it, a mountain, a lovely tree, when you listen to the waters, or when you see a beautiful face, you can't deny pleasure. There is beauty. But the demand for it, the pursuit of it, the, the desire to continue There begins the mischief. The second extract is from the second talk at Brockwood Park in 1976, titled Continuance of Pleasure. We're talking about pleasure. And it's very important to understand, I think, what great part it plays in our lives. And we have accepted it as a natural thing and never really examined very deeply. <clears throat> we were saying that Thought is a movement in time and measure. And we are asking, what is actually pleasure? Is there that awareness of that sentiment or that feeling at the actual moment of experience, of perception, of observation? Or does it come a second after? You understand my question? If it comes second after, then it's the movement of thought. But at the actual second of seeing some marvelous beauty, in the sunset, a lovely tree in a field or a beautiful face, at that moment of perception there is no pleasure, there is only perception. But a few seconds later memory begins to operate, that is, thought says, I must have more of it. So there is at the moment there is no re recording. Please, this is very important to understand. At the moment of any action which we consider pleasurable, at that second there is no registration in the mind, in the brain, at all. The registration takes place when thought says, I must have more. You, haven't you observed this in yourself? So, it is only when thought takes over, then the registration process of the, in the brain takes place. Right? And so, thought then pursues it in image, in desire, in image, and so on. So, at the moment of actual incident, actual happening, the, uh, the brain is not registering at all. This is very important to understand, because the function of the brain is to register. And it wants to register 
because memory in that registration there is security right and brain can only operate perfectly when they, when it is secure either in neurotic action or neurotic belief there in that there is security so registration <coughs> takes place in order to be secure or continue the pleasure of that incident so pleasure is non-existent at the moment of action at the moment of perception it only takes place after so can can the can the can there be no registration after only perception and not a continuity of that which you call pleasure have you understood what i'm saying is this somewhat clear wait a minute you see a, a, a mountain snow cap marvelous sight dignity stability endurance an extraordinary thing to observe then the very dignity and the beauty and the majesty of that mountain absorbs all your thought it is so great you are absorbed in it but a second later registration takes place how marvelous that was the registration and the expression in words how marvelous it is is the movement of thought right so pleasure is the continuity of that which has happened this very simple sexually in observation the is always after now we are saying can there be an observation only and not the movement of thought interfering with that observation you 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 have you tried this ever in your life to see something beautiful observe it and there ended there not let thought take over and pursue it through image through desire and all the rest of it so in order to understand the full meaning of pleasure one has to examine not only thought but also of desire right because one must understand desire again religions have said wipe out desire control desire be without desire i don't know if you have been to a monastery watch the priests talk to them and you will see the this fear of pleasure, of desire because desire must be expressed otherwise it it becomes a, a burning flame inside so one must understand what is desire what is desire when i when you are asked that question what's your inward response to that question what is desire probably you never i even asked it if you ask it what is it it's obviously sensation beginning of it sensation but seeing something beautiful whatever you address a car a woman man whatever it is see perception then 
contact sensation, then thought comes, that is, sensation plus thought equals desire. Desire then creates the image. Right? This is simple. Sensation, thought, desire, and the image that desire creates. So, thought is the response of memory, and if there was no memory, there would be disorder. Right? Of course, memory is necessary to function in daily life, technologically, educationally, uh, reading, learning a language, driving a car, and so on, so on, so on. Memory and the remembrance stored up in the brain is necessary. But the disorder comes when that when there is no order in the structure of memory. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's fifth talk in Sanin, 1975, titled Thought Pursues Pleasure. Pleasure has been identified with beauty, the beautiful woman, the beautiful which is lovely. So love and beauty and pleasure apparently have gone together. And one questions that whole concept, because it's a concept, that love is beauty and, and the pursuit of beauty is pleasure. So one has to go into this question of what is pleasure. You understand? Freedom which is an enormous thing, enormous issue. Then there is intelligence. We said intelligence is an act of total perception, not the cunning mind that reads between the lines, or having a very alert mind. You can have a very alert mind by taking drugs, by various forms of stimulation, but that's not an alert mind, that's gradually becoming a dull mind. <coughs> and also, freedom, intelligence, and this quality of beauty. It's which is identified love and pleasure. So is love pleasure? You understand? We have associated love with pleasure, with a desire. And what is pleasure? And why does man everlastingly pursue that pleasure? If you have watched yourself, if you've gone, looked at yourself even for ten minutes, ten seconds, 
These are the, this is one of the great principles, like suffering, pleasure, fear. And why, why does man pursue till the, to the very end of his life or beyond it as, <coughs> as coming nearer to God, the ultimate pleasure? Why? why? And what is pleasure? Is there such thing as pleasure? Please go into it. There are three things concerned with pleasure – joy, enjoyment and pleasure. This is so, look at it. We're going to find out what's the relationship between the three of them. Joy, real enjoyment of a lovely day, the enjoyment of seeing the mountains, hearing the great thunder among, rolling among the hills, and the mind that's pursuing the pleasure as that which has happened yesterday with that lightning. So what is pleasure? Is there a moment of pleasure? I'm asking. When you can say, this is pleasure. Or you only know it after. You recognize it as pleasure when it is over, which is the movement of thought as time. I wonder if you see this thing. So is there a moment when you say, My God, this is great pleasure. But only when thought, when that incident, which has been called pleasure in quotes, has been registered in the brain, and then the awakening of thought and recognizing that as delight, pleasure, and pursuing it sexually in so many ways. So what is the relationship of thought to pleasure? Pleasure being emotions, great feeling, sentimentality, feeling tremendously sentimental, gooey, <laughs> romantic, ideological. What relationship has pleasure to thought? Or is pleasure the movement of thought only? I take there has been a pleasure, what we call pleasure, flattery. Hmm? Someone flatters you, marvelous. How beautiful! What a lovely writing that is! What a marvelous speech you have made! That is pleasure. 
and you listen to that. And you like the flattery of another, which means you are not really concerned with the truth of perception, but the flattery of someone who says, what marvellous fellow you are! Then thought picks that up, pursues it. And you, who have flattered on my everlasting friend, and I seek more and more flattery, that's the pursuit of pleasure. Which also acts in the other opposite way, which is, you hurt me, and I pursue that hurt. Thought pursues that hurt and you are my enemy, or I don't like you, avoid you. It's the same principle. So he is thought the pursuer, not pleasure. I wonder if you would see that. Ah, I found something. We are not pursuing pleasure, but thought is pursuing pleasure. And when you pursue some, when thought pursues something, it must be in the field of time. Therefore, yesterday, the sexual pleasure, the remembrance of it, and the pursuit of it. Seeing the pleasure, all pleasure in quotes, the mountains and the sunset, and the thunder rolling among the hills, and thought pursuing that sound, pursuing <clears throat> that marvellous light of an evening on the snow. So it is the movement of thought as a remembrance in time that is the pursuit of pleasure. I wonder if you get it all this. I pursue a guru, not I. I have an abomination of gurus. Because they are, they are the new priests. Before you accepted the Catholic domination, they, you were told exactly what to do and you did them. Now you are bored with that and you take on new gurus. And you'll get bored with that, and then you go on to the gurus from China, China or Japan or Russia. It's the same pattern. So, can thought not pursue? You understand? You flatter me, and I listen to it, and that's the end of it. Thought then doesn't carry it over. You have said something which was maybe right or wrong, I listen to it, there's the reaction and there's the ending of it. The, the 
light on those mountains yesterday evening, all that great sense of space, stillness and great strength, see it, end it. So that thought doesn't come and say, what lovely thing that was, I'm going to pursue it. I wonder if you understand? That means to be totally awake to the whole problem of pleasure. And what is the relationship between pleasure and enjoyment? You enjoy a good meal, if you do, and you want the the repetition of that enjoyment tomorrow, right? So there is the enjoyment of the moment and thought pursuing that enjoyment of the moment as a movement, in time. I wonder if you see that. Is pleasure, what is the relationship of pleasure to joy? Is there any relationship at all? Or the joy come unexpectedly, not invited. That which is invited is pleasure, as thought in time. I wonder if I'm getting. So, is love pleasure? Tell me, sir. That is, we said the pursuit, the hunter is the thought. So is love to be hunted by thought, and which it does as we live now. And is that love? Has love any relationship to thought? Please, sir, go into it. And if it has no relationship to love, then what is my relationship to another whom I so-called love? To find out all this, not from another, because well, each one is concerned with his own life. His own life is the life of the world, and the life of the world is you. Because you suffer, you are anxious, you pursue pleasure, there is suffering, you have fear, so has another. So you are the world and the world is you, and this is your life. Don't waste it, for God's sake, don't waste it. And to find out what it is to be totally free. So, freedom, intelligence, beauty, and love and the pursuit of pleasure are all interrelated. They are not separate things which we have made it. I must be beautiful. 
not only physically attractive, sexually appealing. This is our education, our conditioning. And to see all this as a whole, not as fragments, not as broken up as freedom something separate, intelligence something separate and so on, to see the whole of it as a whole, that is the act of intelligence, that is, that is beauty, that is love, that is freedom. The fourth extract is from the second talk at Brockwood Park in 1978, titled Is it possible not to register pleasure? So, registration does not take place when you are alert, awake, totally aware, with all your senses open. There is nothing to be registered psychologically. Will you do it? You won't. Because pleasure has become immensely important for us. Right? If you observe yourself very carefully, you will see what great part, perhaps the greatest part, pleasure plays in our life the pleasure to find God or illumination, the pleasure to be free, the pleasure to have money, possessions, uh, lovely wife or husband, and you know, all that business. Pleasure of sex, pleasure of power, the, po- the politicians with their pleasure, of immense power. And so, the registration of pleasure in most of our lives is tremendous, right? And the pursuit of pleasure has become a dominant factor. That is the remembrance of a past pleasure and the pursuit of that past pleasure as remembrance and desire behind it and searching out, asking, demanding, wanting. A whole religious organizations are based on that. It's a vast entertainment. It gives great pleasure, which is great sensation that you are that you are in the presence of holy things and so on. So we said, the registration of pleasure of an event that gave you great delight is registered, and the pursuit of it in our life. Now the question is, what is pleasure? When you are enjoying something at the moment, there is no, you don't see how pleasurable it is, how lovely, you, you are in it. Only a second later, thought comes along, say, what a lovely time that was, how beautiful that was, what great sensation it gave me, what lovely experience. So. There is registration has taken place, then the thought is in operation. You are following all this? All, we are talking about all this because it is part of knowing oneself. 
not from books, not from words, not from description, but actually knowing oneself. Knowing doesn't mean accumulating memory about oneself. And from that accumulation, observe. If you observe through accumulation, you are only (coughs) accumulating what you have already known. But whereas if you are observing afresh each time, then the thing becomes... (coughs) it's like a vast river with volume of water flowing, moving. (coughs) So, what is pleasure? Is it time? Is it thought as fear? We said thought, we said fear, and is the root of fear is time. The root of fear is thought. Thought, which is remembered, remembers, remembers certain events that cause fear, registered the remembrance of it, and the next time this whole remembrance is projected. You are watching? So, is pleasure time and the movement of thought? Or is they are both the same, thought and time are essentially the same? So, thought is the movement of pleasure. Which doesn't mean we can't look at a beautiful tree and enjoy it, a beautiful person of painting, or a lovely valley with all the purple shadows in it. When you look at it, but the moment it becomes a <coughs> registered and a remembrance, it's no longer delight, it becomes a pleasure, which is the remembrance of things that have happened before. Now, if you see the whole nature of this completely, then pleasure has its place delight, and therefore psychologically, inwardly, there is no registration of that event. The mind then, the brain then becomes extraordinarily alive, young, fresh. The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's fifth talk in Sanan, 1970, titled A Life of Ecstasy in Which Pleasure Doesn't Enter. Is there joy which is untouched by thought and pleasure? Because if it is touched by thought, it becomes again pleasure. And therefore fear, right? So, is there a way of living daily? Is there a way of living daily, having understood pleasure and fear, a way of life which is joyous, which is enjoyment, not the carrying over of pleasure from day to day, and the fear. You have understood my question? Look, sir, you know what enjoyment is? To look at that, those mountains with the beauty of the valley, the light on the hills and the trees and the flowing river, to enjoy it.
And when do you enjoy it? When you say, how marvellous it is! When the mind, when thought is not using that as a means of pleasure, right? You are following what I am? Look, you can look at that mountain on the face of a woman or a man, the lines of a valley, the, the movement of a tree, and take tremendous delight in it. When you have done that, it's finished. But if you carry it over, then this plain and pleasure begin. Are you understanding all this? Can you look and finish with it? Be careful of this. Be very watchful of this. That is, can you look at that mountain and not be absorbed by the beauty of the mountain, like a child with a toy being absorbed by the toy, and return to your mischief again. But to look at that beauty, and the very look is enough, the delight in it, but not to carry it over, wishing tomorrow. Which means, see the danger, that is, the instant pleasure, sexual or otherwise, hmm? you can also play that trick on that, can't you? Huh? Oh Lord! No? You see it, do you? You can have some great pleasure. And say it's over. But is it over? Is not the mind going consciously or unconsciously building, chewing over it, thinking about it, wishing it to happen again? So, thought has nothing whatsoever with joy. All this is tremendous discovery for yourself, not being told, not write about it and interpret it for some, somebody to read. So there is a vast difference between delight, enjoyment, joy, bliss and pleasure. I do not know if you have not noticed. All the religious pictures in the Western world avoid any kind of sensuous pleasure taking place. Have you noticed it? Oh, I won't go into all that. Sorry. No, 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 no. Because it's it's so obvious. <laughs> if you saw early pictures before Giotto, before all the pictures, you will notice Chimabue and so on. There is no scenery at all, right? Only the human body in tortured or the Virgin Mary and so on, so on. Hmm? There is no landscape. Because that distracted you. Hmm? That was pleasure. Therefore, be concerned with the pic- with the figure, the symbol of that figure, what it implies, all that stuff. Only much later, this thing came on, the introduction 
of the scenery. Whereas in China and in India, it was part of life. You are understanding all this? I am not. This is not a school, please. I am not a professor. <laughs> so you can observe all this <clears throat> and find out the beauty of living, and there is in which there is no effort, but living with great ecstasy, in which joy, in which pleasure and thought and fear doesn't enter at all. 